gentlemen, introducing the Ball and Mitt Podcast, a willy-nilly talk show about baseball, life, and the occasional knee slapper. So grab your Cracker Jacks, sit back, and relax. It's gonna be a doozy. Here's your host, the Beans himself, Hey, baseball fans, it is me, Brian, and I am back behind the microphone. It has been about six weeks. You know what? Actually, I think it's, what's today? 13th of September is when I'm recording this. My last one is was published on July 6th, so no, actually longer. It's been longer than two months. Uh, that's where I got the six from. Not six weeks, but July 6th. So over two months, I've given you about two updates. Those were like one week in August, and then... I think it was later on in August. So, so two small little five-minute updates from my iPhone uh, to let you guys know what's going on in my personal life and why you haven't heard from me. So, welcome back. Actually, welcome me back. You, I'm sure you guys have been out there, you know, doing your thing and listening to other podcasts and cheating on me. But that's cool. That's kind of how it usually goes in my relationships. But aside from that, I want to give you a little update of where I was, where I am now. And then I want to talk about some changes with the channel or just smaller things, maybe a hybrid approach to the channel or the podcast. Then we're going to talk about our headlines and then do some knuckleball trivia. Then I want to talk a little bit about just the fact that this is 9-11 week and just want to mention something for a little little bit. Not not political. Don't care where you sit politically. It's not about that. Um, but baseball kind of was a center of of everything that happened uh, when we, we were attacked uh, on 9-11 in 2001. So I just wanted to briefly talk about that and show my appreciation. And then we're going to talk about division alignments. Uh, Joe Girardi actually mentioned this about a month ago on MLB Network. He was talking with uh, Harold Reynolds and I forget the other guy's name hosting, but he wanted to talk about realigning the division to make things more exciting, to see more games that are a lot more exciting from a fan base, so it gives each game a little more umph, for the lack of a better term. So that's kind of be our schedule today. But real quick, I wanted to let you guys know I am now in Denver, Colorado. So I was living in Raleigh. I'm from Baltimore, Maryland. That's why I'm an Orioles fan. And I live in. I've been in Raleigh for about 12 years, and I just needed a change. You know, I've I have nothing wrong with Raleigh and the people other than the humidity. I, I you'd think you get used to it after 12 years. I did not. And you know, if you don't like your weather that you're at and where you're living, it kind of it kind of bums you out a little bit. You don't want to go out and do things. And so it's starting to affect me not only that way, but also recovery. So I've had three surgeries in about two months. And I've, you know, when you go through stuff like that, I'm sure you guys have been through worse. I mean, I'm very blessed to come out. Uh, on the other end of this, uh, for the most part, healthy, but there's other people out in the world suffering a lot worse than I am. So I'm not complaining, but it has been hard. And so a certain area, certain jobs, whatever you're doing at that time, I remember, you know, girlfriends, boyfriends that you date, you have certain places that you can't go or that give you those flashbacks or certain songs that you're just like, oh man, I hate this song. It's a great song, but it's associated with a memory. And so the past two years of, of surgery and, and other things going on in my personal life, me just trying to figure stuff out, that's associated with North Carolina. So it was time for a fresh start. And now I'm here in Denver, Colorado. Love the weather. Um, actually have professional sports back now. 
haven't had that in Raleigh. It's just the Carolina Hurricanes, and honestly, who cares? Nobody does. That's the answer to that question, that rhetorical question. Um, so let me let me give a shout out to my dad real quick. So my dad was a huge help in helping me move out here, and I had to I had to sell my home, and you know show it, sell it, get out here, find a place here. And I did all in about a month, which is ridiculous. I made a profit off my house, only being in it for about three years. So that's tremendous. The this the real estate is awesome in in Raleigh if you're you're selling, but it's also good to buy because you know you can have an investment and then reap some benefits and money off of that because it's just it's just a good market. So anyway, my dad flew to from Baltimore to Raleigh on Sunday night, August the twenty sixth. Woke up the next day, helped my sister move her stuff to her new apartment, helped me load my things up onto the 16-foot budget truck as I carried my car in a, not literally, <laughs> um, but in the car carrier. So everything I owned was, I was dragging behind me as I was going to Denver. It's a little scary. And then we take the 30-minute, 30-minute, uh, 30 I wish, 30-hour drive. Uh, Murphy was with me, my dog, so we had to stop, let him go out and do his business and all that that fun stuff. Stay at some terrible hotels. Um, and so when we get here, probably, I think Thursday, August the 30th, around noon, and then we had to unload the truck because we had to return the truck so I didn't get charged for another week or something. So my dad was doing all the heavy lifting because I'm limited. Uh, my dad is 64. Uh, he's a tank. He's an ox. And so I appreciate him so much. Well, then I took him to the airport uh, the next day, Friday. So he flew from Denver to Baltimore. Then on Sunday, he had to preach a sermon. He's a, he's a pastor of a church, been there about 31 years, up in Baltimore. And then he drove back to Raleigh Sunday afternoon to pick up my mom and spend Labor Day with my sister. My mom flew to Raleigh earlier while my dad and I were traveling. And then after Labor Day, my dad drove my mom back to Baltimore Tuesday afternoon or Tuesday morning. And then, of course, he had to teach again Wednesday night. So he's a trooper. I appreciate him so much. I appreciate my mom so much, my family. Uh, my sister's like my best friend. My brother's down in South Carolina, so they're all you know still on the East Coast. Love my brother to death, his nephews, his wife. I uh, just got a great family. I'm very blessed. And I'm I'm here in Denver. So this is where I'm at. This, this, this is how I hope this starts to feel like home. Raleigh never did. Raleigh never felt like home for whatever reason. I went there for school and just kind of stuck around, tried to figure things out. And sometimes you just kind of, you have to make your own history. You know, be wise about it, but you just have to go for it and trust that things are going to work out and you're going to get, uh, you're going to learn some things along the way. So that is my whole trek from Raleigh to Denver. Um, I love it here so far. Haven't done a lot. Um, just, you know, getting my dog Murphy acclimated to everything, the weather, all the dogs. He's not used to having so many dogs around. This is a huge dog city. My apartment complex has probably more dog amenities than it does uh, people amenities. So that's that's beneficial. That's awesome. And I went from a 1,500-square-foot house to a 575-square-foot apartment. So that was a huge downgrade, but the place is awesome. It's well-built. Uh, I really like it. It's cozy, and uh, it's, just, it's just cool. So I'm happy. I, I think I've got a lot more energy now. Uh, obviously, when I first started the podcast, I was a little doped up most of the time. Uh, so hopefully, I start to make a little more sense, and I'm a little more energetic, and you guys appreciate that. So that's the update on there. Now, what I want to do with this show, I, I've gone back and I've listened to my past episodes of 
podcasts I've done. Some I've liked, some I've been like, oh, I can't believe anybody even listened to that. And I, I realized that oftentimes it sounds very scripted. I, I try to have a discussion. It's hard to when you're the only one. So you're kind of talking to yourself, but I'm also trying to talk to you guys, but you can't respond. So it's it's a little it's a little odd. And I don't have anybody to banter with. So with that being said, when I when I script these episodes, I, I didn't want there to be any dead air or I didn't want to create any kind of filler because I didn't know what to say. So I wrote the script. I'd actually, as I as I wrote it and created it, I'd actually put like the word pause or say this or just to kind of let me know, hey, be human. Remember that you're talking to people. And so with that being said, I think a lot of my podcast comes across as very, it could be robotronic and I don't, I don't want that. So some places I thought I did really well, other places I didn't think I did very well because I want to give you guys as much content in 25 to 30 minutes. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to be a little more, not off the cuff. Obviously, I've got an outline. I've got things I want to read because they're important things I don't want to miss. I don't want to misrepresent anything, any news, any any quotes or anything like that. But I'm actually probably going to do less editing. I want this, the audio quality to be good. But as far as in between different takes and, you know, if I were to burp or cough or do anything like that or if my dog barks, you know, it is what it is. It's, it's authenticating. I want to make this more organic. And I think it's going to be better for you guys to get more of my personality. And I think it's going to be, it may be possible for me to do more of these more often because I'm not spending so much time in post-production. So we're going to see how that goes. I, I want you guys to bear with me. Uh, and with that, let's go ahead and hop into some headlines. All right, so I've got four of them for you here. And these kind of, they aren't really like hot topics or real quick takes. They actually, they're a little, they're a little broader, a lot of more broad, I think is the appropriate way to say. Uh, so I was, I was perusing through, I get a lot of this information from different apps and, and Reddit and MLB network and different, you know, forums like that. And I try to bring out these things that I thought were interesting and maybe you guys have heard about it and you can inform me on some new stuff, but I just, I just thought these things were good. So there was this article in the Federalist talking about ballparks are too small. And so this, this headline's a little lengthy, but I'm going to kind of get right to the point and make it go as, as quick as possible because I do want to get into our main topic. So here are a couple of, of points from this article. What it is, is because baseball players are so good now, they're so superior, it's, it's more or less they're playing an inferior game. And, and the whole premise to this is ballpark should be expanded. Now, one, I, I don't know where you're going to get the money to do that or if you're going to change the dimensions within. I don't know how we go about doing it. But the main idea of this is ballparks need to be bigger. One, less home runs. And you know, it, it has to do... You know what? Let me just get into it. All right. So three quotes here. One, there is nothing wrong with baseball as such as it is now. The game remains as perfect as it will ever be. The problem is with Major League Baseball. So they're being really specific, not the game itself, but the business of Major League Baseball. Quote two, the thing is, TTO are the three true outcomes, uh, walks, strikeouts, and home, home runs. TTO baseball does not optimize baseball strategy, full stop. It optimizes baseball strategy when home runs are too easy to hit and the playing field is too easy to defend. That's the real problem. Major League ballparks are too small. The players have outgrown them. Here's a third quote. 
first, most hitters would stop trying to hit home runs if the ballparks were bigger. I, I don't know about that. I, I don't talk to ball players on a daily basis. I, I doubt that one. But they would probably still try to hit home runs. They just wouldn't be home runs. A second... Our new enlarged outfields, the wider gaps between defenders would create more space for base hits and more room where they ain't, meaning where the outfielders aren't. That's okay. A third, larger outfields would increase the cost of defensive shifting. So a lot of people don't like the shift. It would cause them not to shift as much because you want to have your players spread out because the outfield is, is much larger. Fourth, deeper fences would lower the risks of pitching the ball over the plate. So if if a home run is not going to be the result of a pitch down the middle of the plate or a curveball that misses or anything like that, you would you would you'd see less walks because the pitchers would actually throw the ball to the hitters. I don't agree with that, but the the idea behind this is more balls would be in the strike zone, so more balls are in play because there's not the threat of a home run. But there's a threat of a, a triple, which is just just as well. Uh, so, and then number five is as bigger fields make home runs harder to come by and base hits easier, they will also make strikeouts less tolerable for offenses. So they would act, strikeouts would actually be looked down upon. Right now, someone strikes out and they just walk back to the dugout and someone pats them on the butt or hits them on the back of the helmet and that's it. So it would make strikeouts a lot more, uh, or a lot less desirable and therefore players would be more accountable for just going up there and swinging uh, out of their shoes. So anyway, that that's that article from the Federalist. I thought it was interesting. Bigger ballparks. Uh, number two here is baseball's attendance problem. So... The Good Fight, which is the Philadelphia Phillies' uh, sister page on SB Nation, is, it says, says this. The people who cover baseball should act like they actually like the game and the team. So consider two pitches for a product. All right, and here's the first one. I have this incredible product. It's fun, exciting, and you can spend hours every day enjoying it. Better yet, it's changing with the times, and you really have to see how cool it is now. So that's, that's the the pitch for this this product or the opposite well this product used to be great but now it's boring the people producing it have disregarded all that is tried and true about the world basically everything is wrong with it now so pretty much what they're saying is you've got and I well I'll give you my quick little assessment I think perhaps this is a generational issue you have some of your older, and when I say older, I mean, we're talking even maybe not twice my age, I'm 35, but people in their 60s that are commenting on the, are, are commentating these games, announcing these games, and they don't like the way it's going for whatever reason. I, I'm a purist, but the game has to, it has to evolve. It's got to move forward. It's got to be progressive, as all sports are. Some, some of the changes that they make, I don't like. Some of the changes I really think are, are necessary. So it's maybe not I'm not as a purist as I as I thought I was. But I think if some of these commentators don't care for the game, then they're not gonna enjoy calling it, and then people aren't going to like it themselves. And so I, I agree with this. I, I think there are, and we're talking about regional games, not like on Fox or 
you know, ESPN or anything like that. Those guys are paid and they love the sport and they're not cheering for, for one team or the other. But I do think this is perhaps a generational thing. Uh, give, give that read, um, give that article a read. All right. Awesome. Awesome news. This third one I have here is I'm just going to read you the article. Okay. So there are some school kids in Japan. They've created a new sport that combines baseball, ping pong, and bottle caps. Imagine a small scale wiffle ball. It's a sport that can be played indoors with limited space and keeps all the trappings of what makes baseball great. By using small, small aerodynamic objects like ping pong balls and bottle caps, the surrounding air has a greater influence on their trajectory. And when you factor in player skill, uh, the amount of break pitchers get on their objects is astounding. So this is homegrown. It's called the Kensei Plastic League. And it seriously looks like a, a ton of fun is what SB Nation is saying. And so it's difficult to find the rules. There's no real official website, but judging from the videos, players, the pitcher, they have the option to either pitch a bottle cap, cap by hand or serve a ping pong ball to a batter. So they actually have to use the paddle. And so if you can imagine, in, in real baseball, the variation or the variable is left-handed pitcher, right-handed pitcher. But in here, you've got two entirely different objects to contend with, offering two different advantages. So anyway, that's it's it, in Japan, you can call it bottle pong baseball or cap ping, whatever. But it's it's kind of cool. I just I saw it, and it's it's these kids that are trying to think something traditional and put their own little twist on it. I think it's cool. Um, I, I like these kind of things. All right, the last thing I have here is something by the, on the baseballlawreporter.com. And he says this, one of my first episodes here was the pace of play and all the different rules that were going to affect. So what this article is saying is pace of play is not just a recent issue. And I'm going to pull out a couple quotes here. Um, in the article, it talks about, let me see here. Let me find out where the individual is here. And here's that hybrid idea that I'm, that I'm talking about. So Hall of Fame manager uh, Ned Hanlon. Not sure exactly who he who he played for, but he has a couple of quotes I want to read to you. Quote, what people want is action. And this is about baseball in the early 1900s. Okay. What people want is action. And the faster a game is played, the better they will like it. Also, we have received many letters from businessmen who have said that a game of ball was the best tonic for an overworked brain that in the excitement of battle all business cares had been forgotten and in that morning they had gone back to their offices and accomplished much more than if they had remained at their desks all the day before but do not make the games too long has always been their cry and then one final quote from the Baltimore Evening Sun May 22nd 1911 it says this quote no nine inning game should take more than two hours to play. And it's no unusual thing to see spectators leaving the grounds at the end of that time. Well, that's that's a very, that's very interesting. I have no problem sitting and watching a three-hour game. I don't. Um, some of the games drag on. It depends on what's going on during those three hours. So that's the pace of play. There's length and then there's pace of play. They're, they're two different things. They, they kind of do hold hands, 
but they are two separate entities. So I just thought that was interesting. Not really, I guess they're headlines of things that I've read recently or in the past month, but I just want to bring them to your attention. Uh, just let you guys think about that. Maybe give me your opinions on Twitter, whatever you want to do with it. I think it's cool. Let's go ahead and get into our knuckleball trivia. Okay, so knuckleball trivia. Now this one is actually a, it's a riddle, kind of, sort of. So not really trivia. Um, I'll, I'll tell you, hopefully I'll remember to tell you where I got it from because I don't want to tell you now because then you'll go look it up. I try to get trivia that you cannot research online because uh, I'm sure a lot of you guys are cheaters. But this is a riddle. It's a rebus. Okay, this is, this is a rebus. So here we go. What I want you to do, I'll tell you when I start and when I finish. But what you're looking for is what popular saying what popular phrase is hidden in this rebus or this set of sentences, okay? You're looking for the hidden, hidden, well-known phrase. Here we go, beginning of the phrase. Playing at first is Burt Kidney. Playing at second base is Ernie Liver. Playing at third base is Tom Stomach. Playing at shortstop is Jerry Pancreas. Playing behind home plate is Felix Hart. And on the mound is Oscar Lung. All right, so there's your rebus. With all those things put together, there's some commonality there. And there's something in there that will lead you to a very popular phrase that I, I think it's actually even kind of a TV show or a movie, an older one. I'll have to ask my sister on that one. But... Tell me what that phrase is. Again, playing at first base is Burt Kidney. Playing at second base is Ernie Liver. Playing at third base is Tom Stomach. Playing at shortstop is Jerry Pancreas. Playing behind home plate is Felix Hart. And on the mound is Oscar Long. All right. I'm going to reveal the answer probably next Friday and in next Friday's podcast. Give it some thought. Don't look it up, you cheaters. And hopefully we'll, we'll see if any of you guys get it. Okay. So let's... Real quick, I say real quick, we're already 21 minutes into this, but that's okay. Uh, if I keep this entertaining, you guys, will, it doesn't have to be 25 or 30 minutes. You know, it's, let's just roll, see how it goes. Let me get, I need to get a drink of water. I'm a huge fan of these seltzer waters. I, I used to think they were gross, but a little bit of flavor in there. There's no sweetener. Um, you have to drink a lot of water here in Denver because it's a lot higher and it's a lot drier. So when I was first here, the first week I was here, I had a migraine. I was I'm still a little stuffy now, just my body getting used to everything. All right. So Tuesday was when we celebrated 9-11 in 2001. It has been 17 years since that incident. The attack on the Twin Towers, the attack in New York, the attack on America. And one thing I just recently watched was the 30 for 30 by ESPN. It was actually a short, so it was maybe 22 minutes as opposed to their longer version. And I listen, I encourage you to go, go watch it. It's, 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 it's really, it's really good. And one thing that I thought was super important was at that time, George Bush, I, I doesn't matter what you think of him. Um, you know, politics are off the, off the table. He's our president of the United States. You live here, you honor the president, whether you like him or not. And when he was asked, I can't remember if he was asked or if, if, if he wanted to, but New York, it was New York against Arizona. 
and it was the first game in New York. So I think it was game three. The Yankees were down 2-0. October, October 30th, 2001, George Bush would go out and pitch the ceremonial opening pitch. And when he walked onto that mound, everybody cheering for him. It, it, it was almost like George Washington, George Bush, I'm sorry, was telling those that attacked us, I don't care. And that, and the phrase of Rocky Balboa, I think from Rocky II, he says, I'm standing here. You won't knock us down. And what was really neat was he, I mean, he had that Kevlar vest on. He went out there. It was pretty much making himself a target. And throwing a strike, just a dead strike from the dirt. And as he walks off the mound, you go you go to YouTube and look this. As he walks off the mound, he is walking off like a boss. He is, he is, his chest is sticking out. His chin is held high. Not in arrogance or pride, but just... Man, that was such an important message for the world and for the United States. And I want to give honor to to those that that fight and that protect us. I'm not as involved with with keeping up with the news around the world and and U.S.'s interactions with other countries as, as I should be. But I want to honor those who protect us every day in the services. Again, there are people who should not be serving in certain areas. And I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about those good servants, the police, the firefighters, the army, uh, my grandfather. So my dad's dad actually received the purple heart during world war two. Uh, and he ran out to receive a ham radio or to turn it on, uh, you know, running right into the line of fire. Um, and, and he, he did his job. So, you know, I want to honor him and that and all others that have risked their lives for this country. And I really think that because baseball is America's pastime, it was it was very important. It, baseball sports in general it brings people together, and it was a perfect moment to put baseball and this country together, and just let the world know that we will not be moved. And I, I just wanted to mention it because of this week. Again, regardless of what you think about this country, you're living in it. You're living in it, and you're still here. And and this country has made huge mistakes. Uh, but but we are blessed. We are blessed. And if you're here and if you're a citizen, I think we should honor this week and the people that served and, and protect us so that we can have the privileges that, that we do. All right. So with that being said, let's talk about, so Joe Girardi, I think it was the middle of August, August 15th. I, I saw this as I was packing up everything and I was like, man, I really want to talk about this. I really think this is important. And so Joe Girardi was on MLB Network, uh, him and Harold Reynolds. I'm going to mention one thing about Harold Reynolds and what he said, and, and, and we can make fun of it, because that guy just, I don't know if he, I don't know. I just don't get the things that come out of his mouth and, and the brain that's connected to it. I just don't get it. But Joe Girardi wants to do a huge realignment of the division. And let me, I'm going to, I don't know too much about the history of the divisions. I do know that I think it started off with eight teams per National League and American League. I'm probably wrong on that, but but by 1961, there were 10 teams in the American League and the National League. National League came, uh, they added uh, two more teams in 1962. And then it expands to 12 teams each. 
Uh, the American League added two more in 1977, and then National League didn't order um, order. <laughs> you can tell I'm hungry. The National League didn't add two additional teams in the Colorado Rockies and Florida Marlins until 1993. So here it comes that we are wanting to, I think, expand. We've got 30 as of 1998. We have 30 teams, so we've got 15 in each division. And Judge already actually wants to add two more so we can have six, uh, 32 teams, so four divisions of four. But as it stands right now, he would want to, we're going to keep the five, three divisions of five in each league. And he actually has a, let me see here. I wrote it down somewhere. Let me let me check my little, my handy dandy notebook here. And yes, okay. So what it looks like is this. This is how he wants to, align the new leagues. And then I'll tell you why he wants to. Many of you might have seen the the, the video, but I wanted to talk about it a little bit. Um, here we go. All right, so in the East, the AL East. So so that's what it's going to be. It's going to be Eastern Division, Western Division, or Eastern Conference, Western uh, Conference. So in the East, we're going to have three different divisions. And the first division is going to be the Red Sox, the Mets, the Yankees, the Phillies, and the Pirates. So you've got the Boston team and you've got the two New York teams and the two uh, Pennsylvania teams. Next division is going to be the Braves, the Orioles, the Marlins, the Rays, and the Nationals. So again, you've got the Braves, which are kind of like the odd man out. You've got the Orioles and Nationals. They're kind of you know interstate rivalries. And then you've got the Rays and the Marlins. And then the third division is going to be the Reds and the Indians, the Tigers, uh, the Blue Jays, and... I can't remember what team I'm missing here because my handwriting is is terrible. Whatever the last um whatever the last team is. Let me see here. The Royals, right? No, the Twins. I'm sorry, the Twins. The Twins. Okay. So that's kind of um you've got the Reds and the Indians in there. And then the other ones, Detroit, Minnesota, I guess, and then you've got the Lone Range and the Dre. So that's not perfect, but uh that's that's the Eastern Conference. So then we get to the Western Conference. And the first division is going to be the Angels, the Dodgers, the Athletics, the Giants, and the Padres. So an entire Californian division. Next, a next division, second one is uh, the Diamondbacks, the Rockies, the Astros, the Rangers, the Mariners. So you've got Astros and Rangers. You got the interstate divisions there. You got Seattle, the Rockies, and the D-backs. So it's kind of you know not as concentrated. Uh, third division, the Cubs, the White Sox, the Royals, the Brewers, and the Cardinals. So the Cubs and Cardinals are, you know, they're rivalries, but you want to have the Cubs and the White Sox in the same division. You've got Kansas City, and you've got Milwaukee and then St. Louis. So that's, again, kind of a bunch of states all together. And, and the main reason that G- Joe Girardi is suggesting this is, one, not as much travel. So with your division, you play each team 19 times. And maybe he'll increase that. Maybe you'll play each of the teams in your division more than 19 times. So five times 19. So we'll just go five times 20. That's 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 100 games minus five. So 95 of your games are against, well, no, because it's only four. Yeah. So four times 19, 20, 80, 80 minus four, uh, 76. Okay. New number. 76 of your games, so over half of your season, you're playing the teams within your division. 
Uh, I, maybe you could play them more than that because that's who you're fighting for. You're fighting to get whoever wins the division goes to the playoffs. So maybe that can be increased. So he wants to do less travel. He wants to make these games more exciting. If you have more interstate rivalries, and even if there aren't interstate rivalries as far as that are as um compa- are as passionate as the Red Sox and the Yankees. I know they're not interstate, but I'm just talking about the rivalry. Even though there are some interstate games that aren't as clashing as Red Sox Yankees, I think this will make those interstate rivalries more important and more vital. And I think that's that's Joe's issue, uh, not issue, but but uh, solution here. And then it also he wants to have no interleague play. That that's a stipulation that comes with this interleague play. I agree. I don't like it. Um, I, I just I don't like interleague play. I don't think it's exciting. I like keeping the divisions separate. Now I did an episode on a DH or not, and I and I I just gave three uh, three solutions. It's either they're both going to adopt the DH, they're both going to do away with it, or they're going to keep it the same. I really think we're moving towards both both uh, uh, conferences, both leagues uh, adopting the DH. I really think that's the way it's going to go. They're wanting to do more exciting baseball. And so with that, Joe Girardi is like, you know, let's keep that. Let's keep the, the American League has a DH. The National League does not have the DH. But let's change some things. So he, he's he got two changes that are going to go along with this division uh, or league of realignment. Okay. So one of them is a pinch runner. A pinch runner can always come in for the same player every time they're up to bat. So I don't, I don't, I, maybe he's talking about just the pitcher, but I think a pinch runner can come for, and so if the, if, if the National League wants to keep their pitcher, if, if, if a pitcher gets a hit, stays on base or, you know, gets on base, he wants to stay on base, that's cool. But if he wants to bring a pinch runner and he can, but that pitcher can come back out to pitch. So it's almost like a, a pinch runner for the same player every time. And of course, there'll be other rules to that. And then another one is um, one time a pinch hitter could come in for, let's say, the pitcher, and the pitcher can re-enter the game, and they can only do that once. So let's say it's the sixth inning, and your starting pitcher is just doing great. And then you're coming up to bat, and it's his time to bat again. And it's like, wow, if I pull him for a, a potential home run, or if I got runners on second and third, and we could get some runs here because we're playing small ball, and I'd rather have a different batter in there instead of my pitcher, but I want to keep my pitcher in because he's doing really well. You can bring in a, a pinch hitter to hit for the pitcher to increase getting those runs, but then the pitcher can go back out and, and finish pitching. And that can only happen once per game. It's not a big deal for relievers because a lot of times relievers barely last an inning. A max, they'll, they'll last an inning unless it's a long reliever because your pitcher, your starting pitcher had a horrible day. So a pinch runner for the pitcher or any player at any time, every time they get on base, or a pinch hitter for the pitcher, and they can re-enter once per game. And so that's his, I think that's his solution for maintaining the DH in the National League. Or, or oh, sorry, maintaining not having the DH in the National League and maintaining the DH in the American League. Keeping them separate so that when they come together for the World Series, it truly is two, one, this league against this league. There's more bragging rights. Depending upon if you're following the, the uh, I would say American League, National League, but he's wanting to put Western League, Eastern League, 
And I think that keeps the league separate. I think that's good for baseball. Some of them think that the league should be more, more uh, should be similar, but then why two separate leagues? Why do we call it that? So there's got to be some differentiation between the two leagues. What makes them different? There's got to be some unique characteristics. And and I actually like this from Joe Girardi. I don't think it's too ridiculous. I think it keeps down travel. It makes greater rivalries. Uh, it, it keeps things more exciting. And then, and then Harold Reynolds chimes in. Good old Harold Reynolds. And he says this. I think that the season should be split into halves. And then if you win the first half, so if you're the leader or the champion of your division, when the All-Star break comes, then that somehow gives you some benefit into you know the, the real-life playoffs or I don't know, really, he didn't flesh it out too much, but he was pretty much saying the Orioles season was over in April. And I would agree with that. Probably the only thing I agree with Harold Reynolds on. But he was saying that, you know, teams start to tank and, and their divisions, you know, the attendance goes down and people don't care and they're not playing hard and it's a wasted uh, investment and that they should have two halves of the season, a champion for the first half, a champion for the second half. That's stupid. Um, if you, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> it is, it's dumb. But if, to me, for these different franchises, for the different teams, if you want them to be good, like like the Oros and, and Peter Angelos, who doesn't even like baseball, either sell the team or put out a good product because you put out a good product, people are going to sell it or they're going to buy into it and you're going to make money. Like, I don't think we should bail out these terrible teams by making two different halves of the season. I I, I think it's stupid. It, it's, I think, appealing to um, the customer, the fans too much in regard to, hey, our season, that we, we didn't win the first half, but we can win the second half. Yay, we're all happy again. I think it's uh, appeasing to the fans way too much. It's too much fanfare. Uh, there has to be a level of this is still a business. I think it's a terrible idea. Joe Girardi, I'm on board. I like division realignment. And then he wants to add two teams to both the Eastern League and the Western League. And then, of course, we'd have to break it down into four divisions of four teams. And so, obviously, that realignment will look different. So, if he wants to add two more teams, I think we should wait for the realignment until that happens. Or we can just go ahead and do it now if it's if those teams are still you know down the road. And I think the two teams he mentioned was Tennessee or Nashville, and then Portland. Uh, and it gives his explanation on, on why he chose those teams. But, you know, I don't know. I, 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 I like it. And then there's Harold Reynolds' idea that just kind of ruined and made me just turn off the show when I was really liking it. So it was kind of depressing. So if he wasn't on it, I thought it would have been a great eight, nine-minute segment. But he had to open his mouth. Anyway. All right. So let me know what you think about this division realignment. If you, if you think it's positive. If you think it's silly and that we should just keep things the way they are, we have baseball is changing. Okay. Baseball is changing and we have to adapt. It just, it just, we have to use wisdom and what things to change while we still maintain the integrity of the game. So it's a fine line. It's tough. It's not a decision that'll be made real quick. It needs to be handled with different generations partaking in the conversation to make a, a very wise decision a very informed decision before we move forward. All right? So I appreciate you listening. Let's go ahead and Latin, go into our last segment of Three Strikes, and then we'll get you out of here. All right, guys, welcome to Three Strikes, the part of the segment where I just mention three things that I've found, try to make fun of them, or maybe they're positive, negative. I don't know. It's just, it's just a way to end the show. Just go with me on it, okay? All right, strike number one. Earlier this week, A-Rod had to be a man of his word and honor a bet he made with actor Mark Wahlberg, okay? Since Wahlberg's Red Sox swept the Yankees, 
A-Rod had to work at one of the Wahlburger restaurants in Boston. And I was originally going to make a, uh, a joke about, hey, make sure those burgers are grass-fed and organic, if you get where I'm going with that. But after watching a short uh, snippet of him wiping down tables and mopping the bathroom, I decided to give him a pass. I mean, yes, it was a PR move, but still, you're, you're serving people, you're cleaning bathrooms. Hey, good on you, A-Rod. Strike two. Washington Nationals catcher Spencer Kaboom, I think I'm saying that right, but I'm going with Kaboom because that's just awesome, walked up to the plate in the fifth inning as he spit out one of his teeth. He proceeded to hit a home run on the very first pitch, and it looks like, you know, it looks like I got shafted because the only thing I got for a tooth was a dollar bill. I mean, his tooth actually wasn't even real. It was a replacement for a tooth he lost earlier in the day when he bit into a baguette. A baguette. Anyway, strike three. The buck. Okay, Murphy, I'm trying to do a segment here. Do you mind? All right, strike three. The Baltimore Orioles lost for the 100th time this season after Friday night's 14-2 drubbing at the hands of the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. The Orioles are the first team to hit 100 losses this year, and it's the third time since moving to Baltimore in 1954 that the club has reached the century mark in the loss column. It took the Orioles 141 games to reach the mark, making them the fourth fastest team in Major League history to do so. I am so proud. That's three strikes, and I'm out. See ya! Well, folks, that's a wrap. This has been a Ball and Bit Podcast production. Take a gander at our website, and remember to follow us on Twitter and subscribe to the show. Thank you for tuning in. Farewell, baseball fans.